This morning, I want to share a message entitled, A More Convenient Day. You should ask yourself right now, are you looking for a more convenient time to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Many people today, there's a whole generation, even when you ask them, will I see you at this meeting or will you come to this birthday party or... The response is, if you see me, you'll see me. What are they saying? They're saying, if it's convenient for me, I'm going to be there. But if it's not convenient, you will not see me. Many people today serve God out of convenience. Sunday morning, will you be at church? I'll see if it's convenient. I'm waiting for a phone call for a contract that I must sign. And they said we must meet at 10 a.m. But you know the church starts at 9.30. Many people serve God out of convenience. There was nothing convenient about Jesus hanging on the cross, dying for your sin and my sin. And we have this idea that everything must feel good, must be convenient. Well, I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to be a part of that. But it's not about convenience. If you wait for a convenient day to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, that day may never come. If we wait for a convenient time to give, that day may never come. And you might have a good excuse by saying, I don't have a job. Or I don't have a good enough job. I cannot give. You might say, I'm still very angry. I don't think I'm ready to forgive this person. And you're waiting for a convenient time where you will feel better before you want to forgive. Jesus did not wait for a convenient day to die for your sin and my sin. And the Bible has got a lot to say about us wanting to be convenient. We want everything to be convenient. When you go to places, you want everything to be perfect and convenient. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? God has challenged me and said, do you think moving from here to there will be convenient? I will require more of you. I'd want you to do more. And God really just challenged me concerning this message, how convenient we've made certain things. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Many people say, I'm going to be more faithful in the church. I want to be more faithful, pastor. But I'm waiting for a more convenient time. What if that time never comes? I want to be an usher. I want to be a homesa leader. I'm going to start sharing the gospel with people at work. But I'm just waiting for a more convenient time. What if that time never comes? Luke 14, verse 16. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Jesus replied with this parable. There was a man who invited many to join him in a great feast. When the day of, for the feast arrived, the host instructed his servant to notify all the invited guests and tell them. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are invited. Notify all the invited guests and tell them, come, for everything is now ready for you. But one by one, they all made excuses. One said, I can't come. 
I just bought some property and I'm obligated to go and look it over. Another said, please accept my regrets. Please accept my apologies. Even very diplomatic. If I just purchased five teams of oxen and I need to make sure they can pull the plow. Another one said, I can't come because I just got married. The servant reported back to the host and told him all of the excuses. So the master became angry and said to his servants, go at once throughout the city and invite everyone you find, the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, and the lonely, and invite them to my banquet. These were all acceptable excuses by human standards, but God said it's unacceptable. It's not good to buy property without seeing it. Jesus said, it's not acceptable. I'm ready. The banquet is ready. It's your time to come. What will be your excuse? I'm married. That sounds like such a good excuse. It wasn't asking you to divorce her. It's just asking you to come to the banquet. Put God first. It's not saying divorce her. Get rid of her. Family is one of the Number one excuses people use for not coming to church, for not serving. Too busy with their family matters and putting God aside. People saying, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I'm occupied. You were in church the whole time, praying and fasting, seeking God's face for your breakthrough, for your deliverance. But now that you've got it, what's happening I promise you, if you go for a checkup and the doctor said, oh, there's something that needs attention, you'll be at that prayer meeting again. You'll be in church on Sunday. Pastor, I have to see you. Can you pray for me? But the previous three months you were so busy. What's now changed? Your priorities. The things that you have purposed in your heart. All those excuses by human standards, were good excuses. But Jesus said it's unacceptable. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, no. You know what is your excuse? You know what is your excuse why you are delaying? Is it property? Is it your business? Is it your family? Jesus was talking to people like you and me. Look at Luke 9 verse 59. Passion translation. Jesus then turned to another and said, Come, be my disciple. But he replied, Someday I will, Lord. <laughs> Next week, Lord. In a month's time, Lord. But first let me fulfill my duty as a good son. Look at the motives in his heart. He says, I just want to be a good son. Jesus, you want me to be your disciple? I have a responsibility to be a good son in my family. My family needs me. My family needs me more, Lord, than what you need me. Find somebody else, Lord. Call them. They will say yes. I'm just waiting for a more convenient time where things at my home will be better. Family, listen to me. Little children keep you a little bit busy. Big children 
keep you big time busy. If you cannot manage your time with your children when they are little, you'll not be able to manage it when they are big. If you cannot put God first before your promotion, how will you put God first when you get your promotion? If you're just working as a normal controller and you're saying, God, make me a supervisor, and you cannot put God first when you're just a normal controller, how will you put God first? I'm not even talking about when you become supervisor, when you're trusting God to be the manager. Because being a manager will require more of your time. Do you think Jesus will accept your excuse? But first let me fulfill my duty as a good son. And wait until my father passes away. Jesus told him, don't wait for your father's burial. Let those who are already dead wait for the death. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere that God's kingdom has arrived. Still another said to him, Lord, I want to follow you too. My motives are I want to, I want to. But first let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. Jesus, are you now asking me to be rude? We as South Africans, we are so emotional. We are so touchy. When we come into a church and five ushers don't greet us, we say, I don't feel welcome. Wonder of loving God, loving people. <laughs> come on, be honest. You come, you see, I usually sit there, that's my spot. Why are they sitting there? Are they not led by the Holy Spirit? Don't they know it's my spot? Still another said to him, Lord, I want to follow you too, but first let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. Jesus responded, why do you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? When you turn back, you are useless to the kingdom realm of God. Family, if you've made a decision to run for God, keep your focus. If your choices are not to serve God, your life is doomed. Make a decision to serve God. Don't wait for a more convenient time to serve God. When you were in a crisis, when you needed a breakthrough, when you needed a job, when you needed healing, when you were trusting God for children, you were here praying and fasting. You were seeking God's face. But now that you've received it, everything has become convenient. Purpose in your heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. God looks at your heart. The psalmist said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. God is looking at your heart. You might give an excuse to people and they think, I understand my brother. But God is looking at your heart and seeing, you just want to get out of this. You're looking for a more convenient time. And God is aware of that. Everybody wants to be in leadership positions. I'm going to show you now. If you're looking for a more convenient time to serve God and you want to be a leader, it's a very dangerous place. It's a very dangerous place. In everything in our lives, we're looking for convenience. And God can see that. David said, I will not give anything to the Lord out of convenience. He said, I will not give anything unto the Lord, that which cost me nothing. He said, if it's easy and convenient, I'm going to leave it. God had that kind of an attitude when he gave Jesus Christ. 
It was not convenient. It was the beauty of heaven. It was his only. But he said, I'm going to give it. Go to my wife. I just got married. That's the worst excuse. To put family in God's face, who restored family, it's the worst excuse. God is not asking you to divorce your wife, to divorce your children. Family, listen to me. You better teach your children from a young age to put God first. Let them see it. Let them not see family first. Let them see God first. Did you hear what I said? Let them not see family first. Let them see God first. Because if something is not convenient in the, for the family, they'll put family first and not God first. You've got till 13, 14, 15 maybe to teach them this. Then it's over. Even this morning, when I was driving here, I saw some guys on Harley Davidson's. And I'm thinking, that must be nice. On a Sunday morning, just to relax and go on a motorbike ride. Boop, 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 boop. To somewhere, have a nice breakfast and come back. And that's the peace that the world offers. But we don't want that kind of a peace. There are many functions today on a Sunday. Many. Many, many, many. I can tell you many testimonies. When we worked at the ranch show and the Pretoria show selling furniture, the guy told us, Sundays is the best day. I said, it's fine. We'll come on a Sunday, but I'm first going to church. You'll see me at 1 or 2 o'clock. He says, big mistake. I said, that's fine. We'll do it that way. And I can tell you, when he came there this Sunday, the guy told us the lady already sold 60,000 rands furniture. I said, okay, wonderful. And I was standing there, and the next minute the guy walked in. It looked like... He didn't have anything. He had a PT short on with a poncho. You know what's a poncho? With slips, floppies coming in there. And the lady even looked at him and said, okay, now you can help this guy. And I said, no, I'll help you. Sir, can I help you? And he sat down. He said, yes, my mother is moving into the house with me. My father has passed away. I want to buy this wooden furniture. What is left? I said, okay, let me write down. The table that you're sitting here, it's left. Write it down. That clock that's standing there, we've got that. Can I write it? I sold 120,000 rands furniture to him. And the guy came back the next week and bought another 70,000 rands furniture. God will do that. But put God first. Can I tell you one other thing? Be careful what you train your children. From a young age... My children were small. The most convenient time for a birthday party is on a Sunday. My children, we're going to church. If the party is at 2 o'clock, I'm not religious. You can go at 2. But 9.30 is not going to work for us. Train them from a young age. They know a Sunday God comes first. Now on a Sunday, I can even say, you know what? If you have to attend to something, they'll be the ones. No, we want to come to church. I said, no. If you want to brought, that's fine. Because it's been established in their hearts. But if you've trained their hearts, family first, business first, 
if you've trained your heart, business is first, then to meet for a meeting on a Sunday is not a problem. Your heart will tell you, I wonder if they even miss me in church. People might not miss you, but God will miss you. Because it's convenient. Be very careful. Be very, very careful. We think certain things seem ordinary and natural. But you're teaching our children convenience. To go how they feel the whole time. And it's not about feelings. Very quiet here this morning. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Mark 12 verse 41. Let me show you something. Then he sat down near the offering box, watching all the people dropping in their coins. Many of the rich would put in their very large sums. But a destitute widow walked up and dropped in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. Jesus called his disciples together around and then said to them, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given a larger offering than any of the wealthy. For the rich only gave out of their surplus they gave out of convenience. But she sacrificed out of her poverty and gave to God all that she had to live on, which was everything she had. This widow didn't wait for a more convenient day to become a giver. She made a decision there and then, I'm going to give what my life depends upon. And God saw it in her heart. He called his disciples and he said, look at this woman. She's not waiting for a convenient time to give. Many of you are saying, when the contract comes, when this happens, when the promotion, then I'm going to give. That day may never come. But yet you say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Jesus said, the rich gave out of their abundance, out of their convenience. God knows exactly what's going on in your heart. He knows if what you are giving, if it's costing you or not. Don't wait for a more convenient time. Abraham, the father of faith, when God said to him, I want you to sacrifice your only son. The Bible says the next morning he left. What would have happened if David had waited for a more convenient time? His whole legacy was dependent upon the son. And God said, sacrifice the son did not wait for a more convenient time. Are you waiting for a more convenient time to show commitment towards God? Are you waiting for a more convenient time to demonstrate your faith to please God? That day may never come. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith acts now. People of faith don't complain when they give. They're all because they know God will give them all family if your belief does not see beyond your situation you'll always wait for a more convenient time but if your faith can see beyond your situation you'll not wait for a more convenient time this message has challenged me more than anything else can i tell you what most people are waiting for a more convenient day is to deal with the sin that so regularly ensnares you. The thing that's become the heavy weight keeping you back to run with God. God has said, stop this nonsense, deal with it, and yet you have not done it. Hebrews 12, 
this one. Are you waiting for a more convenient time to lay aside the weight, the snares that's keeping you back? Hebrews 12 is 1. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, each affirming faith's reality. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. God has placed it before you. It's been marked out. The thing that's keeping you back are these weights. The Amplified says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony of the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Family, right now I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to Christians. What you have to do for yourself, God will not do for you. God has dealt with sin. But he says, you lay aside. You set aside. You throw it off. You get rid of that weight. That offends that wound, he says, lay it aside. Forgive now once and for all. You don't know how much they've hurt me, pastor. But I know how much everybody has hurt Jesus. And I know whatever pain you have cannot be compared to the pain that Jesus went through. And he forgave you. He did not wait for a more convenient day to forgive us. But when he had to forgive when he had to die on the cross, he died for us, for you and for me. Family, listen to me. It's not how you start the race. It's how you end the race. Can I talk to leaders for one minute? And when you're a Christian, you have the greatest leader on the inside of you. And I know you want to please God. And God's eyes are upon us. Turn with me in your Bibles to Numbers 20. Now let's just backtrack quickly on Numbers 20. Moses, one of the greatest deliverers, was trained and raised in Pharaoh's house to become a Pharaoh. A matter of fact, Pharaoh favored him more than his own son. So he grew up in that house. But Moses had an anger issue. And when he had the revelation that he was going to be a deliverer, when he saw an Egyptian fighting with one of his brothers, he killed the Egyptian. In his own strength, he could deliver one Israelite. But God had to deal with that hanging issue. And he had to look after Jethro's sheep for 40 years to be taught meekness. And the Bible says there was nobody more meek than Moses upon this whole planet. He had dealt with his hanging issue. And you can read the Bible. After that, when he became the deliverer, he was very calm. Even when God was angry with the Israelites and wanted to kill them, Moses said, you cannot kill them, Lord. You cannot kill them. Remove my name, but don't wipe them out because of your name, Lord. What will people say? Let your name be glorified. Let your name be hallowed. And he stayed calm the whole time because he was a meek man. Amen? But just because you've dealt with something once, 
does not mean it's going to be gone forever. Remember, even Jesus, when he was tempted, the Bible said the enemy left him for a more opportune time. Remember, he challenged him about being, uh, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God. Where did he do that again? When he was on the cross, he said, if you are the son of God, get off this cross. What would have happened if Jesus got off the cross? And listen what happens here. In all this, Moses hallowed God's name, never got angry with the people. And here, Numbers 20, verse 7. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes. Remember before, he had hit the rock and water came out. But now God said to him, speak. If we are willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. Go, verse, go to verse 11. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly and the congregation and the animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. This was the water at Meribah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was hallowed among them. Family, listen to me. Don't wait for a convenient time to hallow God's name. At all times, even as a leader, it's not how we start. It's not even in the middle. It's how we finish. Us as leaders, God is speaking to us. There's a warning for us. Moses was frustrated and angry with the people. He says, you rebellious people. And he, God told him, speak to the rock. And he hit the rock. And water came out and the people drank the water. And we can see that God says to him, because you didn't hallow my name. But yet, the Lord's name was hallowed among the people. What does that mean? As leaders, it's a warning for us. Never to become convenient. To keep our focus the whole time. When God's people is involved, God will still do the miracle so that God's name will be hallowed. But privately between Moses and God, Moses did not hallow, keep God's name holy. God said, you're not going into the promised land. I saw what happened. Family, it's a warning for us. Let's not become complacent. Let's not become convenient. But let's keep our focus right till the end. Jesus kept his focus right till the end. When he was on the cross in his darkest moment of pain, of hurt, when even God the Father turned his face away and Jesus said, My Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Jesus remained focused. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. I'm not going to take offense now. I'm not going to get angry now. I'm not going to say enough is enough. I'm going to keep my focus and see this through. Because if you read the second verse in Hebrews 12, verse 2, for the glory that was set before him, the glory, you and me, being restored back into a relationship with him, 
he endured the cross. He endured the hostility. And he did not wait for a more convenient time. Yes, he prayed and he said, if there's any way for this cup to pass me by, let it pass me by, but not my will, Lord. Your will be done. Your will be done. Sometimes being a disciple is not about convenience. There was nothing convenient about going into the lion's den. There was nothing easy about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into the fiery furnace. Paul, on all his mission trips, what he went through, did not wait for a more convenient time to serve God. But when the Lord said, go, he went. God wants to use us. You are his disciple, I am his disciple. If we say, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to save others. If we pray the Lord's prayer, when the disciples said, how should we pray? Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Have you been manifesting the presence of God? How do we manifest the presence of God? The glory that's on the inside of you. You have to share that with other people. You are saved to save others. If you say, I'm here to advance the kingdom of God, are you waiting for a more convenient day to start to share the gospel? Or will you say, today, I'm going to start sharing the gospel. Become a soul winner today. Or will you wait for a more convenient time? Jesus said to his own disciples, don't say, in four months the harvest will be ready. Don't say, in four months time, we're moving into the new building. He says, now, look, lift up your eyes and see the harvest is ready. It is ripe. It is white. Go out now and get them saved. Bring them in. Will we wait for a more convenient time? No, household of Christ. We're going to answer to that call now and say, I'm going to be a soul winner. If you really believe I'm blessed to be a blessing, I'm saved to save others, let it not just be a confession, but take action. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to keep you to your confession. Tell them, I hear you every Sunday. When you say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. When you say, I'm saved to save others. Tell them, I'm going to ask you next week. Who you got saved. No longer waiting for a more convenient time. But making a decision to say, I'm going to get you saved. Stop delaying. Genesis 19 verse 22 says, Hurry, escape, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Family, faith acts now. Faith believes now. When you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have a lot to worry about because Jesus is your friend. But as a leader of your own life, you have much to worry about because God is not your source. You say, I will decide how I will do it. I'm challenging a lot of you where we've become very convenient in the way that we serve and we do things. Let's say, Lord, I'm going to realign myself with your purposes and with your plans. I'm closing with this. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. Family, there will never be a convenient time to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. 
There will never be a convenient time to be a soul winner. Because the Lord said he will send us out into this world, even among wolves. Is it convenient for a sheep to walk among wolves? No. Some of you need a little bit of a push sometimes. Because you lose your focus. You've started strong serving the Lord. Paul wrote in Galatians, he says, you started out strong with the things of the Lord who has bewitched you, entangled you, taken you away. That once you've started in the spirit, now you're all in the flesh. It says, who's bewitched you? That's what the Amplified says. It means we lose our focus. Let's not wait for a more convenient time. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. For he says, in an acceptable time I've heard you, and in the day of salvation I've helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Family, faith acts now. It believes now. Make sure you've got those things in your life that's going to help you to finish strong. Not things that are convenient. You know what's one of the most amazing things? Our men's prayer, and I would challenge the men. When our men's prayer was at 10 o'clock, more men came than now that we have it at 7 o'clock and made it more convenient for you. That means something has happened in some of the men's hearts. It means we have to take it back to 10 o'clock. That it's not convenient for you. That all your excuses that you have for not being there at 7 cannot stand anymore. Because that's why we had it at 10. Because everybody said, I'm busy with this at 7 and this at 8. Hello? Yes. Do you think God listens to our excuses? If he didn't listen to the excuses in the Bible, do you think he will listen to a household of Christ's excuses? We don't have any excuse, family. God has given us an assignment to love God and to love people. It's purpose in our hearts to hallow his name, to make sure that his name is holy at all times in what we do, in what we think, in what we say. That's what God is after. His name to be glorified. The things that he is doing is because of his name's sake. Not because of our name, but because of his name. But let's make sure that because of convenience, his name is not just hallowed among the people because God is doing a miracle. But in our personal relationship with God, let it also be said, hallowed be your name, Lord. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Hallowed be your name. I'm not waiting for a more convenient day to serve you, Lord. Now is the time for salvation. Now is the time where I'm going to act. And I'm going to believe. I'm not just going to confess. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm saved to save others. But I'm taking action. And I'm going to get somebody saved. Amen. I'm going to be a blessing in somebody's life. Many people that have made vows in their hearts to give. It's time now to give. You've been waiting for a more convenient time. That time may never come. You've purposed to do things in the building project, and you've been waiting for a convenient time. What if we move into the building and you've not done what you've purposed in your heart? Don't wait for a more convenient time, family. 
God looks right into our hearts. He knows what you have purposed, what you have said. Now is the time to say, hallowed be your name. Siela